Wanda, I'm home. <laughs> At the table for five, honey. Five. Yes, five. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode 65 of the Vigilante 1939 podcast. How's everybody doing out there? I am your gracious host, Nick Zanik. But thankfully, much like the Avengers, I can't do this alone. I am joined by, as always, Nico Caruso. Daddy Batman himself, although he he's Daddy Stark tonight. Uh-oh. Uh, Nicholas Caruso <laughs> Sr. And we're joined from the Nerd Room Podcast. We're joined by Tim and Carlos. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing man, good, man. To be here. So honored to have you guys on. We did the Mandalorian wrap-up with you guys just about a month ago. You guys are so gracious to want to do something again, so... We came to Canada last time. Now you came to the States to talk about the glorious return of the MCU. So Star Wars MCU can't go wrong with it, huh? Oh, absolutely not. I am so stoked and so honored to be here. You know, the pleasure is all ours. We appreciate the invite on and we're looking forward to deep diving into the MCU. It's back, baby. Back, baby. Finally, man. I know. Well, I had to do this show with you guys. To It's like a pressure release valve because as you can tell, our producer is like crazy hype. We couldn't keep this contained until we do our show next week. So rather than have him hospitalized, Sorry. We, had to, we had to release some of that pressure. Don't Absolutely. battle it in. It's no good, man. Release it. So, <laughs> so our glorious, gorgeous host, Mr. Zenick, tell the people what we're talking about today. Maybe right. So there's, there's a little show that dropped today, guys called wandavision i'm sure all of us have heard about it today and then uh yeah so we're going to talk a little mcu finally right finally we get to talk a little little fresh new content something other than star wars which is good it's an it's a fresh change but yeah guys we're going to start off hot we're going to go in a little bit of wandavision but before we do that we do things a little different here lee guys right so we're gonna. I'm gonna just introduce our little rating system here, real quick, just to catch everybody up to speed because we are part of the Let's Go Podcast Network. So, our rating system at the very, very top, the best possible rating that we can give. We have a gotta go. Just below that, we have a let's go. Just below that, we have a go, which is still average. You know, it's not the other two, but might be hit or miss. But just below that, we have a don't go, which is pretty self-explanatory don't go don't watch don't waste your time and then down at the bottom way way at the bottom if things are getting real wonky we have a trash juice which is something nothing should ever want to be so you don't want to be here i think what? it's safe to say it might not be any trash juice today i'm not sure not quite sure about our guys from what the is, north. what is the purpose of trash juice though you've got don't go right <laughs> i mean I don't make the rules, man. Talk to Justin Kowalski. Talk to Justin. 
Uh, yeah, but you know what? We have one of our co-hosts, and trash juice is something that the other three of us would need for some of the stuff that he watches. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, it, it warrants inclusion because oh, there there's times where, uh, as Tim can attest, where we'd be busting out that one where it's. Uh, I got you, man. I hear you. It's not even a don't go because a don't go. Somebody might be curious. That, that trash juice. That's a that's a danger. This is bad for your health. That makes perfect sense, Carlos. So Thank fun. you. Yeah, and he, he's putting some of that trash juice in front of some of that let's go. So yeah. that, that's his priorities <laughs> sometimes are a bit backwards. I got you. <laughs> I love, uh, it. I love, yeah, it, I love it. Love it. Well, well welcome, welcome again, guys. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Right. It's going to be fun. Cheers. Let's get right into it. So, guys, the MCU is back. This is after a year of 2020 with no MCU content. Mm. We're about, what, two weeks into January? I don't even know what day it is anymore because the new year happened but nothing feels different yeah but the mcu is back with wandavision so i must start with our biggest mcu fan here mr tim give me a sentence or a couple sentences because i always cheat so i'll allow you to cheat <laughs> a couple sentences on how hyped you are to have the mcu back talk to us about it my friend uh, you know it is over 560 days since Spider-Man Far From Home dropped and it was that nice epilogue to Endgame and we've had this giant break from the MCU and I felt like there's a piece of me missing. Yes, we got those 23 plus films in Disney Plus in the library, but I just feel like that there's been a big hole in nerd for the last year and a half or so and to have it back now at the start of the year with what we've got in front of us. It is just mesmerizing, and I'm just so excited that we got basically 10 different properties to talk about over the next 12 months and kicking it off with WandaVision with you guys. Oh, I couldn't be more stoked, couldn't be more hyped. Honored to have you, brother. Wonderfully said, wonderful way to open up. I'm going to throw it from one part of the north to the other, Mr. Carlos. Thoughts on the MCU coming back? Oh, man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to get the the missing piece of the of the nerd pantheon back rolling all systems go there's been so many things that have been kind of pent up and we've just been in this holding pattern so it's nice and it's nice that instead of nitpicking things and fan theories and fan fighting that we have something new something to celebrate and a whole gamut of things to look forward to with this next 12 months like tim said Beautifully, beautifully said. The Wanda to our vision, Papa Z. <laughs> Coming in hot, man. All right. Man, I, I that's how we do things here. Hot, let's go. I gotta agree with everybody else. Seeing the MCU back in full swing and full force, it, it is a nice change, right? I mean, coming hot right off the Mandalorian, the MCU's back. There's some negativity on, on the other side of the superhero realm, so <laughs> If there's the, if there's one thing that the MCU does bring, it is positivity is and it is hype. So I'm ready to get into all those things. And uh, this one, I am so glad I kicked it all off. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Hype and positivity, two words to sum it up. Because yep. that's all I'm seeing all day. I'm going to throw it to, I guess, your daddy Stark today. First of all, how do you feel Whatever. about that name? Uh, yeah, whatever, man. You guys, <laughs> you know. How do you feel about but here, you guys? You know what? I got to be honest with you guys. Um you know, after Endgame, I was so satisfied with the MCU and, and felt like 
they did such a great job of kind of tying everything up with Cap and with Iron Man that I was looking forward to the other side of the street, uh, the DC properties and Star Wars. And I kind of took the MCU for granted a little bit, you know. So my my hype level over the last year and a half hasn't been as much towards the MCU. But I quickly get reminded after, and Carlos, you said it so beautifully, after all the controversy and the fan fighting and the divisiveness of some of those other properties. I mean, we were beautifully brought together by the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. And I'm These tired. I'm tired of the, of the, of the Warner brothers stuff, the situations, even though those are my heroes, I couldn't be more elated that the MCU is back. And I couldn't be more elated that it starts with WandaVision because they have been for me, two of the, of the best parts of what we've been watching mm-hmm. and to have them be the focal part. And I think the driving engine to what's going to happen forward. I'm so ex- I'm sorry that I wasn't more elated, more excited over the last 18 months because I am now, and I can't wait for next week. I mean, that's how exci- that's how stoked I am to the two episodes that I watched today. I think like the Mandalorian, it's exciting to have not only new MCU content, but this appointment TV every week that yes. we talk about weekly. Mm-hmm. And later, I do want to get thoughts on this particular show and the runtime, et cetera, about the weekly versus the all-at-once format. But we'll get into yeah. that later. So as all we, as we've all sort of talked about, I'm just going to echo what you all said. I'm excited. Let's go. So we got WandaVision, right? So WandaVision is what welcomes us back to the MCU. So. Yeah. After a year of not having any MCU content, like we said earlier, we get WandaVision, uh, written by Jock Schaefer and directed by Matt Shackman. And originally, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney Plus show. But with everything that happened, we're getting WandaVision first. And we're all sort of saying we're, we're pretty much happy that this one launches it. So this one also does feel the most unique through two episodes it's one of the most creative things i've seen done in the genre so i want to throw it to our guy tim first and i want to know what do you think about sitcom central so far so the first thing we see is that title card it rocks in it's beautiful we all love it then it quickly turns to black and white and you're watching a sitcom just tell me your initial thoughts about that well it's interesting that they've gone this path and your comments about falcon the winter soldier being the first one out of the gate that feels more familiar. And given that we had almost this poetic end to the Infinity Saga and this giant break, it's almost like Fuggy planned this, Mm -hmm. that we have this break, this breather, and then we go in with something that is so askew from what we've seen in the past that we're all clamoring for something that's a little different and accepting of that, not that somewhat formulaic at times storytelling that we've seen. These are heroes we love and stories we love, but there is a bit of a pattern here. And to jump into WandaVision with, like you said, Sitcom Central, it kind of puts you back and allows you to consume in a different way. And I love the approach here and the attention to detail and almost this kind of undertone of intrigue and that Marvel mystery that we all become accustomed to. But this time, instead of it being seated through 23 movies, this is being seated in the sitcom style. And it's just so beautiful how they did this. And I watched Lizzie Olsen on Jimmy Kimmel the other day. And she said this first couple episodes is they filmed in front of a live studio audience mm. to get that whole sitcom of that era feel to it. That's crazy. And I, I just love how they've put this together. I'm a big fan of period pieces, pay attention to details and aesthetic. And they've really done it here. I found this very engaging 
off the hop with even just the dialogue, the costumes, the black and white, it all worked for me on so many levels. And then that little bit of intrigue that they build in, which I'm sure we'll get into, kind of the little twists as they go, it, it did so much for me. And to be honest with you, such a welcomed addition to the MCU and how they're expanding with this, like I said, very skewed type of storytelling, this narrative that isn't familiar to us, but with familiar characters. Perfect. Wonderfully said. Wonderfully said. I loved the word that you used, intrigue, because that's what the MCU yeah. is known for, right? It's showing you something, but also that anticipation that we've come to know and love that something else is there, first and foremost, and something else is coming. So I want to get Carlos's thoughts on sort of you, you, you could sort of take it away with some of your thoughts on the sitcom stuff initially, but also talk to me about your level of intrigue and what you feel like some of the hidden stuff how that landed for you, some of that hidden mystery per se. As yeah. Says. Yeah, man. Uh, the sitcom central thing, like it was beautifully done and I couldn't believe the level of detail that they went into and being familiar with those shows. Cause that's the kind of stuff my parents gravitated to uh, back in the day, like on reruns and whatnot. I was familiar with the style, but I was almost taken aback at how deep they went into it. And that it was the entire episode that was really rooted in the kind of bewitched I Love Lucy style um, of storytelling to the point that it got to be a bit of a slog for me. I was kind of like, well, when are we going to get more into those confusion pieces and some of the things you see at the dinner time or when she finds the item in her bushes and whatnot or the radio transmission. So it... Um, not having that that all in love that that my <laughs> co-host has <laughs> it, it got to be a bit uh, a bit tough for me to sit through i gotta admit but uh they did enough to have me interested in buying in and waiting for the next episode for sure uh i don't think it's going where anybody predicted it was going but with the little pieces and crumbs that they've given us i think it's going somewhere better that will lead to um, a more universally accessible brand or uh, through line for the rest of the Marvel universe. Whereas if this was all entrenched in the Mindstone or with Wanda, some of the other characters would start to struggle, I think, to get shoehorned into that. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, right when the first episode's credits kick in and you look off to the left and you're, you're like, oh, uh, I didn't even think this was going here, but uh, I'm I, I'm buying what you're putting down. So, yeah, it was cool. I think all things being equal, I would have made like one 35-minute episode with all the extra stuff, like sure. the commercials and everything else put into it. But, uh, hey, it's, uh, it's why we all have different opinions. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Wonderfully said. said. The, the one thing I like, though, about what you said, Carlos, that even though you had a little bit of a separate view of Tim, you, you sort of agreed on one thing is that level of intrigue and what what the MCU has so impressively done is it has earned our loyalty and it yeah. has earned our buy-in. So even mm -hmm. if the first couple are, eh, we know there's got to be something at the end of the tunnel, right? So, and I think the first two episodes are carried beautifully through the performances of Paul Bettany oh, yeah. and Elizabeth Olsen. So Zeddy, I want to throw this to you first. What is your first thought mm -hmm. about their just overall performances in this role? Cause they're really 
they're really acting for once. Not that they weren't in the MCU, but this is so drastically different and in some ways so out of character that we're actually seeing Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen shine instead of just one mm-hmm. Maximoff and Vision. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that, brother. Oh, man. Uh, these two are just so magnetic on screen, like like right off the bat. I mean, we've long said it. These are two very, very underutilized characters on screen. And when one might have thought, well, why are we getting Wanda and Vision together? And now you kind of know why we're getting Wanda and Vision together. I mean, just the chemistry alone, these two are just terrific. I mean, my God, if you, if you want to compare Elizabeth Olsen to, like, Lucy from the show I Love Lucy, I mean, Paul Bettany is, like, Adam West and Dick Van Dyke mixed in <laughs> together. I mean... Like just the like the acting that this guy showed was just like off the charts to me. And like you can tell, like the acting and the direction with those two was in a very 50s and 60s style. And much like I've always said, the MCU, they make the impossible possible. So I'm not the least shocked that the way that they were able to translate that sitcom style with these two, it's it's just amazing. So I was, I was hooked from the start with them. So, and most like the show in general, it's so ambiguous and it's so ambitious. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Those are the best two words that I can use with those two. Double A. The double A. With the double A, a right here. Yeah. Double A. Perfectly put, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So I'm going to throw it to yeah. the man to my right, but your left, which is one of Catherine Hahn's jokes in the show. Yep. LOL for anyone who caught that. Dad, talk to me about Lizzie and Paul. Yeah. I mean, so to kind of piggyback on what Carlos said, um, I was I was curious if you gentlemen from Canada had the the old sitcoms like the Dick Van Dyke oh, yeah. and the I Love Lucy and uh, Bewitched, which it, to me it's very heavily influenced by Bewitched. Um, and I had I had watched a lot of the pre uh, the pregame stuff, if you will, the Zoom stuff that they, that they mm-hmm. were both on. So I was they both kind of all iterated how how deep they were taking the sitcom stuff. But when I watched it. It never dragged for me because of the performances. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's some of the, the best acting. And I don't mean this as a, as a slight to the MCU, but it's some of the finest acting we've seen in any, in anything that I've watched of Marvel. And it's like my son said, they're there. It's so much beyond wand and vision. You know, these two, they're doing comedy, they're doing drama and uh, it's just a pleasure to see. I mean, they are they are top notch. She's great. She's so engaging to watch, and he's terrific. And even the supporting cast, uh, everything that I've seen so far. But um, kudos to them, Nick. They're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I want to echo what you said. Is I found myself really being charmed by the both of them. Mm-hmm. And I want to shout out to our friend Zach, great friend of the show, who's watching. He texted me when he watched it earlier and he said he couldn't stop smiling from ear to ear just yeah. when they did anything and i couldn't help but agree with them they were so charming in their role and they were just nate they were just nailing that comedy of the, the time and just yeah. the over emphasis of it and they were genuinely funny as well i definitely think the writing was funny and very clever but i think they executed it very well you know real quick they had said again on these zoom things that it's almost like it was an overacting process right because mm-hmm. that's how those sitcoms were back then it was it was over the top but then yet being subtle and the delivery and to me it really it really felt like i was watching you know um samantha from bewitched and i love lucy 
and mm-hmm. Laura Petrie from the like Elizabeth Olsen was all those rolled into one and so much more. And Paul Bettany was it sure you could compare him to Dick Van Dyke and to Darren from Bewitched, but um, he's just such a great actor with it and you know, staying in the English, mm-hmm. his English accent. So, um, very just again, very engaging. I was never bored because of their acting. Um, and you know, just when you kind of thought you knew exactly where it was going and, and some of the cheesy jokes, some of the sexual innuendo that they did with the neighbor, that stuff was all part of like the sexually frustrated neighbor from next door. That's not happy with her husband. And, and that's all that stuff that I watched as a kid growing up. Um, and it's just, it's just great. I could ramble on about how great they are. I yeah. really- Like Lizzie Olsen is something else in this. I think personally she carries the first two episodes. Yep. Bettany's great. He's good. But Lizzie Olsen in both the roles that she plays, kind of how they slightly change it up as she goes into the second episode. She is awesome. Everything about her facial expressions, the way she engages the audience, even through the physicality of the role. I I could not stop watching what she was doing because she's also the one that has the slight tweaks as it goes right little as we're building in the twists. And so I'm looking to her for the cues as to when I should be really watching the screen. And the whole piece inside of the kitchen, too, in the first episode, I, I really love that. Like, it is a bit, and I can see your point, Carlos, too. It, it is a bit out there at times, and it does have a tendency to push the timing on it. Yeah. And I think the 22-minute runtime really helps with that, right? If that was a 40-minute episode, that then it's starting to push what I would feel is that credibility and almost that buy-in that we automatically give the MCU on this. I think like one of you said, we've already bought into the concept. We've already bought into the MCU so much that we can forgive, you know, a little bit of a slower start because we know it's going somewhere where if this was 40 minutes, two 40 minute episodes of this, you're starting to get, you're going to wear on people a little bit. And I think the runtime and I guess what it is, nine episodes is going to help this show a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, and what, Daddy Stark was saying. <laughs> there it is. Everybody drink. Yeah. But Tony Stark, you know. Yeah, that they the effort that they would have had to put into doing those performances mm-hmm. because that would be totally unnatural for them because yeah. that style of acting and that style of show hasn't been done for decades and decades, right? So kudos to them. And just the the small things like the separate beds yeah. and then them merging into one bed. Like I, I love the little nods to things like that. And, um, and the Cosmo magazine or whatever that was that they were dealing with in the first, in the first episode. Yeah. So yeah, it certainly had its charm. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the charm of the sitcom stuff, I would want to wrap it up with something really quick. And I'm going to start with our eldest mm-hmm. statesman of the group as a compliment what did you think of the Easter egg filled commercials almost? Cause I found that to be a particularly nice touch. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was really cool. Um, I want to hear more of, of maybe we can get everybody's take on it. I mean, the second one seemed a little bit more mm-hmm. with the Strucker, right. With the watch, mm-hmm. obviously he's a, he's obviously a key person in the past of Wanda and her brother. Um, the first one with the toaster, the Stark toaster, <laughs> um, kind of like, you know, I'm trying to still kind of figure my myself out with it. What do you yeah. think? Well, I want one of those watches. It was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Hydra. those toasters would be better than our yeah. toasters, too. Sure, than the one um, we have, yeah. But I liked it because I think it was such a, a nice toss to the fans. Like, okay, 
you're in the sitcom with us. We're making you buy into it. We're showing you two episodes of it. Now we're going to have it be really fun and throw you some commercials. But we're going to throw some things you know and love in there to get you to do like the Leo DiCaprio from Once and just be like Stark or Stucker. <laughs> yeah, you but, know what I mean? But Faggy did say, though, that not every commercial might be essential, but definitely some of them of well, are going to be. In this so universe. I'm just trying to figure out so far through the first two if there was if it was a little bit more fan service or if there was really something there. And I, I've only watched it once, too. I'm going to have to go back and revisit it. Well, one thing that the commercials do convey is humor. And who better than that than Mr. Zeddy? What did you think? <laughs> He's the one who keeps our show lively. What did you think? of some of those fun little commercials. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a nice touch, kind of, kind of like you said. You know, I mean, to fully go full on in the sitcom style, I mean, sitcoms for all intents and purposes are 22 minutes with commercials anyway. So the fact that they kind of incorporated it in the show, but they still kept the episode at like a decent length, I thought was kind of cool. And, you know, it's kind of like a nice uh, change of pace too sometimes, right? Like if the show had been a little heavy, and then they had thrown in like that little breather a little bit. I think sometimes that could be kind of cool. So I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it was I thought it was kind of kind of funny actually too. So yeah. So in the spirit of everything we're talking about, we've all kind of teased in some way or another that something else is going on. And Carlos said something really interesting when you said you feel like it's not going where anyone thought, but you think it has the potential to be something a little bit greater than what people thought. So we're seeing here that there might be something deeper going on. In fact, there is something deeper going on. So Carlos, talk to me a little about how you think that they layered that and where you think it might be headed, not necessarily a prediction, but what is your gut instinct of what's going on at the moment? Why are these weird things happen? Why are weird things showing up? Who are these people? Why is she sort of freaking out? Well, yeah, I think, uh, kind of the the scuttlebutt before any of us saw the episodes was that everything was going to revolve around Wanda and Vision and that she was going to be that that cog that all the multiverse stuff and everything that's happening spins around whereas now after seeing that and reinforced by the commercials and some of the experiences that she's having in the sitcoms it's like maybe she's a victim of something and maybe she's trapped and I don't know if sword is friend or foe in this one, but um, big sword. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked that there's outside influences because I don't know with Wanda and like mutant or non mutant, her power set got way too out of control. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> it, it, like when, when we started reading these comics way back in the day, they're already kind of dumb with the luck power. And it's like, well, what is that? Like, I get your brother. He runs fast. Like that's your, <laughs> you're a mutant and it's a genetic thing, but luck, like it's, that's yeah. kind of whatever. But then it's like, you're wiping out entire <laughs> races based on words. It's like, mm, I don't know about this. So I was a little worried that they were going to take it down that route, but if they're being manipulated and, there's other forces exerting themselves on Wanda and Vision. I think that's awesome. And it also doesn't undermine what you've done in the past because I think they had a pretty cool arc and it was pretty satisfying to take them from Age of Ultron to uh, Vision Sacrifice in Infinity War. So, yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised as to where they're taking things and 
I'm all in, man. Like, let's go. So I'm going to throw it to Timmy. Carlos's other half here. Timmy, <laughs> talk to me about it. Is there something deeper? What do you think is this deeper right now? What does your gut tell you? Well, my gut, like like Carlos said on at the onset with all this, is that I was always predicting they were going down sort of a House of M style yeah. of, of series of storytelling where we're looking at an altered reality as opposed to an alternate reality where – her mind has gone somewhere and it's tweaking things. And that's why you're getting the inclusion of the same characters as we go. It seems a little different now that those characters that are part of the supporting cast may or may not be part of the people trying to extract vision or at least Wanda out of whatever she's in. And I really don't, there's definitely something and I still going to put money towards the altered reality or she's kind of gone off the deep end post a vision death. You know, we saw at the end of Endgame talking to Thanos saying you took everything from me and that emotional distress is that led her down a path. And I still think there is a little bit to the title like WandaVision, a WandaVision, right? Um, To be so explicit about it. And I still think it's going down there, but it's maybe not exactly as we predicted. And it's never going to be that. And her power set, I think they're going to ratchet it up. Like Bendis really took it to to the nth degree, kind of post-disassembled Avengers 500 and all that. And he used her a lot, both in good ways and in poor ways. And at times she was the answer and also the cause of a lot of the problems in the 616 universe. And I definitely don't want them to go that way with her. And I agree with you, Carlos, too, man. Like, they can't take Wanda to this exponentially higher power set. Um, mm-hmm. But they can ratchet her up and, and create some instability there, um, which may, again, fold into the Multiverse of Madness, which they were filming, uh, I think, before shutdown and all that. So there, there's definitely a lead-in for that, too. And so I still think they're going that House of M-ish style of storytelling. Um, but it looks to be that they could be tugging on a few different stories and maybe some originality there as well. Well, it's interesting that you say that about the title of WandaVision because I took it the same way, mm-hmm. but that WandaVision is what they're using to control and manipulate her. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like so. that. I love it. I like that a lot. I, I love where all these takes are going. For me personally, I think what my gut instinct or what stood out to me more is – she has, of course, obviously, she has some sort of control over this. And I love when the question at the dinner table in episode one was thrown to her, you know, what's your story? When's your anniversary? Mm-hmm. They kind of played the joke of it earlier that she couldn't remember, but she really can because she doesn't have one because she didn't create one. Mm-hmm. And so that's where she really stalled. And you saw how she has control over every little thing when she specifically told Vision to save him. And then in episode two, when she asked Geraldine her name it looks like Geraldine doesn't know and then a sound clicks when she says her name almost like oh Wanda wasn't expecting to have this specific person she just created those people there but then the only one that she gave the name to was Dottie because that's the one she has to get to so the minute someone random intervened she had to take a second and give her a name and we don't see Wanda when that happens which I thought was very interesting and in this in an episode two specifically we get to see her actually reset or rewind yeah the television per se but then we see sword watching it so that mm-hmm. throws my theory out the window yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what Carlos is saying I'm like oh she has control but someone's watching her I don't get it so dad what do you think yeah you know I couldn't agree with you guys more you know Wanda I've, I've been reading obviously the Avengers since the middle 70s you know and she's such a dark 
complex character, but you don't want her to, you don't want it to be too powerful. You don't want her to be that all encompassing that she can just completely control all of reality. I hope it doesn't go there, but like you said too, Tim, maybe incorporate some of the house of them, but don't take it to that nth degree. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think so based on what we saw, I don't, I don't, cause I agree with you guys. I don't think they're going quite to that degree. I think it's going to be tempered a little bit. And I do think she is being controlled, but there'll be a price to that. And I think all hell will break loose. I still wonder if some of Endgame with the alternate timelines or whatever, you know, and maybe Wanda tapping into something. I'm, I'm trying to go back and think maybe that still holds a place here that you don't put it all on Wanda. Do you know what I'm saying a little bit here? Instead of just making it everything that, that focuses out of her. Um, I do think she will be the, uh, the antagonist, the villain of Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't make the prediction, but I do think that she's going to be the mess that they're going to clean up by leading to all this. But I'm right there with you guys. I want it more tempered than this out of control, all omnipotent, powerful being, because that just, I don't think that would play well. No. You know, in the comics, it's one thing, right? We've been reading comics for a long time. We, we read them, you know, we like the stories. Sometimes we don't like the way they get there or what they do. And they take those easy way out sometimes. I don't, I don't think Marvel's doing this. I think they're too clever. Um, I will give them, I will pay such homage to them because what they're doing in the genre is so unique right now that it, these two episodes did completely blow me away. And it's, it's, it's so refreshing Tim, like you said, it's just such a different way to go about this. And I think what we want and what we, and what we're thinking about, it's coming soon. I really do. Yeah. And even with like the big grandiose things like the infinity stones, they always rein it in a bit mm -hmm. and they establish their own set of rules for these things. Correct. Because the MCU version of the snap was infinitely more palatable for me yeah. than the way they did in the comics, because it's just, it, they have a tendency to write these things so that it's like, well, if the bad guy wanted to win, all he has to do is just think about it or just smash the world and it's done. Right. Whereas they temper it all the time here, which is brilliant because mm -hmm. it gives you an infinitely more interesting story than just Brah, unlimited power. So yeah. That's right. <laughs> A That's great right. Revenge of the Sith reference. Unlimited power to bring it back to Star Wars. So before we wrap up on this topic, I want to get the hype king himself. I want to get Zeddy's thoughts on this. Zeddy, what with all this extra layers, with all this what it's building to, what's your gut telling you what's going on? Sort of give us your thoughts on this. My gut tells me that there's some Mad Hatter stuff going on here. Um, in the sense that I'm going to throw a Batman reference here. So if anybody remembers the episode, yeah, if anybody remembers the episode perchance to dream, uh, that's what I can see going on here where maybe Wanda's just under some mind control deep sleep right now. And she's using vision because vision is the only thing that feels familiar to her. So she wants to hold on to that one part that feels familiar to her. But by doing that, she's creating all these different, like, things that are going on around her. Like there was even in like, I don't know if this is probably unfamiliar, but it's like, I got that deep Pleasantville cut where it's like, she sees that motor or that helicopter. And originally, you know, it's black and white. And then all of a sudden it turns into color. So I'm wondering if that's like some kind of like mental, mental block that she created that, or if that's like 
Like I'm I'm curious to know what's going, but I definitely think that there is a mind control mm-hmm. thing yeah. going on here, and I definitely don't think any of this is real. So it's, that's it's interesting. You say that about the color too, because it. I was wondering about that too, because the toaster as well. It's the only other color piece in this. The red yeah. light pops on, right? And right. the blood when yeah. the and the blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's all red, right? Yeah. Like everything is red that comes out, and like the toaster one caught me off guard a bit. I was like, oh, that's the only color piece. So I'm, like I'm doing the Leo cat, you know, the gif, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at my wife. I'm like, there's something there, there's and. Something. It, it almost feels like that's intervention pieces mm-hmm. into the WandaVision of some sort. And so it kind of builds on your theory there, Carlos. And uh, what you're talking about, Zeddy, there about this mind control thing that this is an insertion point. So there's things that are based around Wanda. And then when they're trying to insert themselves into it, you get a bit of that pop of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. love all this. I love all this. I want to take a quick sec to thank everyone who's watching, to everyone who is tuned in, who just came. If you're watching a little bit and headed out, I wanna, I wanna get some vibes from everyone and do some hashtag comments here. So we got some comments so far all night. So we got our Christopher Evans, the better Christopher <laughs> Evans from Texas. Hey, <laughs> hey fellas, we got here? <laughs> we got Mr. Dave Franzi going flourish. We got Grabs Granite says Troy's going to be pissed. Um, I think that's correct. That Carlos and Tim. I think so. <laughs> we'll think about that later. Chris Evans give us some clarification that a don't go is something that sucks but still works. But trash juice is ungodly. Uh, and then right. we thoughts from Grabs Granite again as well, saying had only the first episode launched today, I'd have been a bit disappointed. But having the second episode with that specific ending is what made it great. Zeddy told everyone to keep commenting. Shout out to Zeddy. He's right there. We love him. Uh, Mr. David Franzi again says that the commercials were great. And then Grabs Granite followed up with a really good question. Same actors in both commercials. Is there a reason? Mm. Not sure. Could be. Could be. If we know something about the MCU, pretty much everything is always intentional. <laughs> could they be the the doctors that are maybe are they the sword people? administering or the sword mm. people where Wanda and I believe Vision are laid out? <laughs> Those are the handlers, man. The lamps are where that's. That's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. The toaster thing is awesome, man. I, it means something. I just wish mm-hmm. I was smart enough to figure that out right now. I want one of those now. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Dave Francis says again, I thought that the animated parts with the gum had a Jetsons feel to him. Sure. Ooh, ooh, I good call. like it when it was showing his body. I get that. And then grabs granite. The gum thing was great. I, I was a little slow with the gum thing. Explain to them. Well, I, yeah. He goes, oh, so he's like, Drunk, right? And I'm like, well, it's slowing his gears. He's slowing down a little bit. That's what happens when you're drunk. So I guess when you slow down the gears of the vision, he gets hammered. He gets hammered. I thought he was was just sitting with the boys for a little while. Yeah, exactly, right? I I didn't take the gum right away. Like, I get that they were very excited about that. What is it, WD-30 or what? I thought he had some dead oil or something like that. I love the graphics too that they show. Like, like when the gum was like stuck into the. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and last couple of comments to wrap it up. Grabs granite. I hope I'm saying that right. If not, please correct me. I'm. That's, yeah, that's our. That's our boy G. Things right. GG. I love it. But double G. Double G. The best moment in the MCU, Wanda and Thanos. I agree with you. I actually said on our last yeah, show. If you guys check would. out episode. Is anyone number was last show? 64. 64 of the Vigilante 1939. I said, 
Wanda had that battle won in Endgame. That thing was over. Yeah. GG, good game, Thanos. Peace out later. Then they had to do the rain fire. And I know Tony had to do the thing, but Wanda had that fight won. Yeah. And Mr. Franzi just says, you took everything from me. I love it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So let's get back into it. I want I want an interesting question. Thank you, everybody. Was there anything? Yeah, thank you all so much. Was there anything sort of at the halfway point? Let's reassess. Let's reset. Was there anything that really did not work for anyone? I'll throw this to anyone who yeah. wants. Was there anything Tim, that just Tim didn't work first. at all? Yeah. Tim. <laughs> I'm probably the wrong guy to ask this question. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. I was like, <laughs> you to him to say something <laughs> negative about Marvel. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know, if, if you're going to make me answer a question like this, um, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm sorry. Like there's, there's nothing, literally nothing in here that didn't work for first two episodes for me. I agree with grabs here that if this was a single episode, I think it just doesn't deliver enough in the first episode. But when you smash these two together and you get kind of the continuum of storytelling through both of them, they're essentially, it's essentially a 40 minute episode that they've given you two different styles in, and they start to really ratchet up the intrigue as it goes. Right. If, if this, one didn't have that that second commercial or the the stinger we see, or I guess towards the end stinger as a, as a uh, right on the nose there. And <laughs> I, I think that it could have dragged a little, but I, I I honestly have really no criticism here. This is what I was expecting, and so my expectations were there. Right, I was expecting this to be a bit off of the beaten trail when it comes to the MCU storytelling. And so I didn't find myself going in with these huge expectations that it needed to deliver like episode one of the Mandalorian, right? It, it didn't mm. need to do that for me. It just needs to reintroduce me to these characters and lay out the concept. And to me, it, it did that. It got there. And I, if it continues to slow roll up until episode eight or nine, then I'll say that yeah, they need should have picked up the pace. But I have a feeling that as we get to three and four, we're gonna really start to get more insight into that. So it's I have this rule when it comes to comic books that the first issue has to hook me. It's like a trailer, right? You have two minutes yep. to show me in a trailer. You have two minutes to show me two or I guess a, a great part or a great sequence of parts of your two hour movie. If you can't show me two minutes of your two hour movie that intrigues me enough, something wrong with your movie. It's the sure. same with comic books, right? You need that hook. The hook yep. is here for me. It's set. The intrigue is there. And I really don't have any, any harsh or really any criticisms for this. I want to throw it to my man, Carlos, cause he's a little more lukewarm on the topic, which is okay. That's so aside, awesome. yeah. aside from what you already sort of talked about, was there anything else that really just, it, it, it just didn't land for you. Anything else? No, like just the the overall length of it and how like kudos to them for committing to doing th this the sitcom and the two very uh, distinct episodes uh, with it. But it got to be a little indulgent for me in that it's just like, okay, like the whole kitchen thing, it's cool. But at the same time, you didn't need to do a full episode of I Love Lucy and then a full episode of Bewitched for me um but at the same time yeah it's cool it's not like you're in a movie city situation where you're trying to get this thing down to two hours two and a half hours kind of thing and you're going to sacrifice something else somewhere else um yeah for you know maybe these two didn't work for me but the uh, 70s and 80s episodes are going to be things that i wish they did three or four episodes of so yeah let's see what yeah. happens 
Exactly. And also, asking Tim what he didn't like in an MCU movie. I said don't yeah. give it. I threw it no, to everyone. I wanted, I, I you, you would legitimately get a better answer if you're like, tell me a bunch of things that you hate about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is very true. <laughs> no I love you, buddy. I love you. Oh, much love here. Zeddy, I want to get your thoughts. Was there anything that didn't that didn't work for you? Um, I don't really have anything that didn't work, but I had qualms. Uh, ones that were kind of squashed, like when I was watching episodes. Like, I was nervous. I was like, well, is the sitcom format going to work? It did. Uh, is the, the length of the episodes going to work? They did. Like, they did flow very nicely. I mean, I was kind of really worried. I was like, oh, man. Is uh, is twenty eight minutes gonna be enough time here? You know, is thirty five minutes gonna be enough time here? Because you know, usually pilots are a little on the slow side, right? Because they tend to introduce everything. There's not really too much going on. But one of the things that I thought was not going to work that did work. So I guess I'm kind of answering the question and not answering the question. But the uh, the whole sound effects, (laughs) the whole sound effects with the crowd. Um, I thought that was gonna be kind of distracting. But at any point when I was watching, I didn't feel like it was because the way that like the crowd was clapping, it was kind of unique because whenever like the crowd clapped, it was like I was clapping inside my head because I was like rooting for these characters at the same time where they were clapping. So in a way, it was like, like, I don't know if that was strategic or if that was just natural, because obviously when you watch a sitcom like that and there's and there's like crowd noise like that, it's comedy is always like subjective right so it's like what you think is funny may not be funny to me so when they insert that crowd noise it's like uh i get it but i thought it flowed really nicely here so i guess to answer the question uh i thought everything flowed brilliant uh brilliantly so yeah you didn't answer the question then how about you (laughs) no you know what (laughs) nothing nothing. i'm gonna gonna be on tim's side here everything worked for me i i don't have any qualms about it i don't even as I'm trying to replay the episodes and think of, you know, filler or things that maybe weren't necessary. I think the payoff, I think, I think, I don't think it was all necessary. Um, so I, I'm, I think that not only did everything work, I think when we get to the payoff episodes down the line, we're going to go back and almost appreciate these two episodes even more if that could be possible. So like the first couple of the Mandalorian. So uh, to me, everything worked plain and simple. But I want to throw it to now anyone here. This is what I've been thinking about the minute I knew this person's name. And I already teased it because I accidentally hit the thing. Is Agnes or Agatha Harkness? I'm wondering. Mm. Any thoughts on this? I think Agnes is more than just the, as you call it, the sexually frustrated neighbor. I think why sword seems to be... It, it seems to be they seem to be sort of the umbrella, the overseers, right? Yeah. Does everybody should you explain sword? I hope everybody that's watching kind of understands. They're like the. Well, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. Well, you're they're like, they're like the, the they're like the space patrol division of Shield, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I explaining that the right way? That's yeah, yeah right. the most basic version of the yeah. They, they yeah. operate out of a out of a satellite station called the Peak, right? Which is yeah. very similar to the Justice League Watchtower. But that's okay. The, the, I used to read about in the Bronze Age of Justice League. But um, so they're kind of like the first line of defense, right, against some intergalactic. Yeah. And they've really uh, dropped the ball in the last couple years in the MCU. They've been horrible. <laughs> they couldn't. Do they've anything. done a horrible job. 
Now, were they, were, let me ask you a question. So were they always there or did S.H.I.E.L.D. form them after like the Avengers? Do we know? We don't really know that, do we? In no. The and was it at, what movie was it? The end of Far From Home when we saw Fury, Nick Fury yeah. walking yeah. through. Yeah. That's right. Was, That's was right. that the Skrulls or was that Sword? Yeah. I, I feel like, to me, I feel like Sword in this is going to be some sort of like hybrid version of it where you have maybe scrolls are part of it in some fashion like i just don't know how we went from i guess you have all the jatari tech and all that stuff but i just feel like that's going to be more inherently tied to i guess maybe captain marvel and right. fury in some way and because we have uh monica rambo in this as well mm -hmm. Who's eventually yeah and so there's some through thread there that does start to make sense to connect a bit more of that cosmic end of the MCU up, but they have to retcon it as being like a new force. It's like you totally miss it, Jatari and Thanos and all several this. times, several times <laughs> over, they did not do their job. But there, what about um, what about Agatha, Har Agatha Harkness? What do you think? I mean, because she was she's a she does the whole magic thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, and she meant was she a mentor to Wanda, yeah, to Wanda absolutely yeah. and she yeah. was the one who uh wiped the mind of her children or yes. she, yeah. she wiped yeah. Wanda's mind of her children so I'm wondering Tim and Carlos I want to get your thoughts and sort of succession here is so we know swords the umbrella do you think they they hired Agatha to to get into Wanda's mind and that's what the TVs are she's able to show them what Wanda's thinking is she someone Wanda brought along? Is yeah. this a past person and Wanda has PTSD and she keeps her around as like her friend, mm. her neighbor? Not sure. What do you guys all think about that? I almost wonder if it's like, what's that Jim Carrey movie where he's like mm. the, the Truman Show? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 So, awesome. so like the commercial people and her would be kind of the, the agents or the handlers that are maybe coming in and actively influencing what her experience is. And then there's these other players that either she creates or that are uh, NPCs, non-player characters that are inserted into this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inserted into this reality for them. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see, but that's a good deep cuts pull, man. I, I like that one. I, I quite like, quite like that as well. I, it, it makes sense. And with the Doctor Strange connection as well, yep. Multiverse of Madness, it kind yep. of links that up. And I do like your theory there of her being the one that is providing, as Carlos so nicely put it, the Wanda vision, mm -hmm. like the the insight in into that because she she's quite a prominent role in this, right? And she has a tendency to show up at pivotal points in this. Yep. And she's almost guiding Wanda wow, through. Okay, right at him. Right, she's directing her. Right, she's yeah. telling her what she needs to do, and she's trying to prepare her for every situation. And in both situations, end with Wanda having a moment at the dinner table, and then with the radio and the glass in the mm -hmm. hand. So, to speak about the guiding, and then something that happens wrong, was that Evan Peters's Quicksilver's voice on the radio? Was that? Well, oh, I didn't catch that. Was that his voice? I know yep. I love his Quicksilver so much. He plays a I have the same idea. From PH. Go ahead, Zed. What do you think? Zed, yeah, talk to me. Was that? I I don't know his voice enough to recognize him in radio, but I heard it, and I go, "Is this Evan Peters? Is this Evan Peters, Nick?" As somebody that has seen all the X Men movies that he's in, that is definitely <laughs> Evan Peters. Quicksilver. That's either a great yes. Thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that could be a good or a bad thing. That is. 
in my humble opinion, my early prediction that I feel confident that is Evan Peters' Quicksilver, which may or may not be the only Quicksilver that we see. Wink, wink. I will say a nice quick to go back to something. Uh, grabs granted with a great thing is that Agnes is dressed as a witch in the trailer at some point, and Agatha Harkness is a witch originally. That looks like yeah. a Halloween, Halloween episode. Yeah, Halloween episode. Yeah, but she's, she's most definitely a, a a bad guy. Come on, she's uh. But I'm gonna add on to that <laughs> point here. She's dressed as a witch, whereas Wanda and Vision are actually dressed as their comic book selves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. actual yeah. roots mm. symbolized here. So I want to throw this to Carlos first. So we might have had Evan Peters at. Evan Peters' voice. Do you think we're getting... So Wanda's creating the perfect world with her perfect family. Does that mean her brother? Oh, yeah. We so do we, think, do we think we're going to see Aaron Taylor Johnson? Do we think they're using Evan Peters because they couldn't get Taylor Johnson? Give me your well, thoughts. I don't know that they couldn't get Taylor Johnson, but I think not having him and using Evan Peters is a good way to start... If this is what the goal of this is, is to bring in some of those pieces from the Fox properties, yeah. um, as we're getting kind of hints with, or we're being told that Deadpool is getting integrated into this whole yeah. thing, and as they <laughs> figure out the Spider-Man conundrum, it may, it, it makes sense to bring in Evan Peters uh, and not Aaron Taylor Johnson. I love despite... that point, Carlos. Yeah, so... And it, I keep going back to like the Matrix because remember when Agent Smith talks about we created the perfect world for you, but you guys yeah. rejected it because mm. um, you just can't have peace. So we had to create conflict in here. And so I almost wonder is is as they're going along, like they have the kind of 1950s idyllic uh, version of WandaVision and it doesn't quite work. And we have the choking incident. And so then they readjust and they take us into this bewitched 60s version and it starts to fall apart. So then they rework it again. And then we that leads us to the 60s or 70s version type show. So yeah, man, like I think we've put it together. Like we don't even need to watch the show anymore. I, yeah, I, I, agree. I agree, Chris. We got, I agree. It. got it. So the last thing I want to touch on before we do our final wrap of the show is the MCU does a good job of taking a little bit of inspiration from something and shaping it in their own way. I know House of M is being thrown to, thrown around a lot in terms of the world Wanda creates. I know a lot of people were, were thinking Tom King's vision, sort of trying to have a normal family. Of course, in that story, it's Vision who's the main mm-hmm. character. Wanda does play a pivotal role in how Vision shapes his family. But also there's Wanda and or Vision and the Scarlet Witch show. Where do you guys think some of the inspiration was taken? I saw in the trailer, saw the I saw the cutting out TVs and thought they were almost gonna take some things from Tom King's Mr. Miracle, along with Tom King's vision, and not to spoil that for anyone, but the idea of creating a world based off of trauma and trying to heal those pains. Where do you think some of the inspiration was taken from? I'm gonna throw it to Zeddy first. Zeddy, where do you think some of this inspiration was taken from? Or do you think it's totally its own thing? And people like me are just like, it needs to come from somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I totally think you're if there's anything at the MCU, there's always an inspiration behind everything that's that's being done there, even if it's not a deep cut comic reference. But I definitely do think that the uh Tom King's vision mm-hmm. is like a half of inspiration behind the show. There's there's just like you can you can tell that there is there is elements of that in the show. But I think that this thing is so original 
and I think it, it makes it that much more unique. But I think for me, it's just the sitcom deep cuts like Pleasantville, Twilight Zone, maybe mm-hmm. even a little Mad Men is thrown in there, Batman 66. I mean, I know that's not really like a black and white sitcom, but I mean, I'm just drawing all, all these like yeah. different inspirations because I think they, they pull a lot of like that old MGM style mm-hmm. a lot of the characters that people people love because they're all warm like that's what people don't get is that these are i mean television was w- so different back then because i totally remember right because i'm i'm a i'm an old guy like that yeah right I'm um <laughs> no but i mean like from what i've seen it's like you know so i think that they pulled all the warm elements and they made something like so unique and so original that it's it's we haven't seen anything unlike it before so yeah so I want to throw it to the man, Tim, one of the Northmen. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I agree with you. I think, yeah, Tom King's run on with vision and that is definitely something. And I, I personally, and from the beginning of it said that It'll House be. of M is, is going to have something to do with all of this. And that just maybe goes to the instability, of course, not to do with the mutants and all that. Yeah. Um, and her wishing them. And I think it's more just her losing control and creating something. And I think, like you said, Zeddy, the the thing that MCU does is that it'll always take some sort of underlying, I guess, maybe shortcut in a way by taking that inspiration from the MCU and pulling the best parts out of the Marvel comics and using those as a foundational point to launch a story off of. But there's always going to be that unique originality to it you look what they did with the infinity saga right like the the bare bones are there or the skeleton is kind of there but then they've molded this into a way that is consumable in a on big screen and i think they're going to take those stories because the house of m is a big story right and, and tom yeah, king's vision right. is is a deep story yeah i'm going to take those and take the best parts and integrate them into this and so there's always going to be that underlying comic inspiration but they're definitely going to take it in their own way because they have to massage these stories in a, in a way to get us to the next step, right? Uh, what they're leading into with Multiverse of Madness and that probably isn't going to take you know too many cues from the end of House of M or the end of Tom Visions or Tom King's Visions and that. So yeah, there's definitely the comic stuff there, but I agree some some for sure originality in it. I would say I love I love what you said, Tim, when you say that the MCU takes some of the mm-hmm. best parts of those stories. And I could even argue that I, I actually think Thanos's motivations in the film are much better. Oh, well, they're way better. The kind of <laughs> than, more lady, than lady death. than just wanting to impress a woman. I think the yeah. whole idea that the world is, 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 you know, is running out of resource and we have to yeah. course correct it in one way. I, I see Carlos wants to say something. So I want to get him in here. Oh no, I was just agreeing with brother Tim there. We're yeah. just like, and we talk about this all the time is that, with Marvel Studios, they just take that fundamental core, be it the characters or a storyline, and then they build something that's going to appeal to mm-hmm. a wide general audience, uh, or that's going to be accessible to people that don't have all the deep cuts comic knowledge. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Um, you guys touched on Tom King's vision, and but I'm going to go back to Zeddy's point. Like, and as we've talked through this tonight, and I've put forth my theories, and shout out to my boy Pete Illustrated. This yeah, one's for you. Welcome, yeah, vengeance. Yeah. Right. This, <laughs> yeah, this is their version of uh, Batman the Animated Series, perchance to dream, man. That's uh, I think that's the biggest one. Like, as all of us here know, 
Pete back me up, but Marvel, like basically they copy DC all the time. And that's uh, exactly what's happening here. So he's playing Red Hood action with his action figure. Hold on, hold on. I, I, yeah, I just want to shout, shout out, out the review, right? Pete's yeah. review of the beautiful Red Hood, Red McFarlane. Nightwing Maf McFarlane <laughs> two bag. I never knew a man could talk about two figures for 16 minutes. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> In game, in game. Know, so I want to throw it to the crunch. Did you ever hear anybody describe a oh, oh yeah, the figures, crunch? The crunch, <laughs> it was oh. unbelievable. Yeah, our co host Troy, it's all about the ab crunch. Oh, there you yeah. go, yeah. The ab yeah. crunch. Yeah. there you go, there you so go. So, you, dad, inspiration thoughts for yeah, run. it's it's inspired. Listen, it, it's going to be an original story, and we know they're drawn yeah. from everything, but here's the thing I don't get too caught up on that because what they do is they make it real and they make it believable. And so whatever they draw upon from the comics, which they all do, they do it in a way that like Tim and Carlos said that the masses can believe it. You don't have to have this huge knowledge of all these events that transpired and they do it. And like, just like you said with Endgame, it's, it's a more believable and it's more real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about it is that you're watching it and you're going, Oh yeah. You know, I can kind of get that. Um, which is why, again, I don't think she's going to be all powerful. I hate to bring that up again, but I just don't see that. So, well, but, but we even know, like I, I just got done reading the Tom King vision story and it, it was breathtaking. It's one of the best stories I've ever read. And yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. Certainly the landscape, the visuals or whatnot. There's a, there's obviously house of M a little bit of that in there. So it is, it's what Marvel does. They take little bits of their greatest stories but they but they add a little pinch of realism for the movies, mm -hmm. which is their formula. And they've got a guy by the name of Kevin Feige, the greatest is, producer of all time. Like <laughs> I could listen to him talk. My man. I don't mean to sidetrack here, but I've no, watched no, his good. interviews. And again, I for the last year and a half, I haven't had a great appreciation for him. But just watching him talk over the last few days, this is a guy who, by telling you nothing, tells you everything. everything. Mm -hmm. and it's what he doesn't tell you. He gives you the promise of this incredible awesomeness that we're getting. And not only are we getting it, we're going to get it like nonstop. This thing's oh. not stopping. This train's it's like over forever. perpetuity. <laughs> it's going. I mean, you know, he talked about a five or a six year plan, but I mean, think about it. The streaming shows are always going to have something on. We're going to be getting four or five movies a year. So it's an incredible feat. And when Ben Affleck comes out and says, one guy he's the greatest producer in, in, in Hollywood <laughs> and that if Kevin Faye he told him this is what the audience wants he he agrees with him so it all goes back to the stories what they do but ultimately it all lays in the hands of Kevin Feige and I can't commend him enough I just hope that he sticks around and he doesn't leave for Star Wars because I think as long as the MCU is in his hands they're going to rule they're going to remain supreme I think he could do both I think he do he he could do both. He's that good. But something we do on the vigilante here is a way we always wrap up, and we want to extend this to Carlos and Tim first. Is we always talk about one, but I always cheat and say two. But what are some top moments if you have one, one or two, or in Tim's case, probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve. All forty-four top minutes. Moments from the episode. I'm gonna throw it to Tim first, what is a top moment for you of both episodes? Let's treat both kind of as one because it's 22 minutes each, 40 minutes. Let's 
top moments for each brother. Well, I'm going to cheat just like you implied yeah. that I would. Um, <laughs> the two things that stick out for me are, I'll say one thing that sticks out for, for me is Lizzie Olsen. I think she, she just nails this and takes the aesthetic to the next step. I think what they built around her is gorgeous, but without her, I don't think it comes off as well. And you want to talk top moments? I brought a prop for one of my favorite moments. And do it. Awesome. this is uh, right at the end of episode two. We get, uh, and I, I don't know if we're going to get to this or not, but I'm going to kind of shortcut it here. We get someone crawling out of a manhole. Yep. And it's, uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is just a prediction here, but I love the moment. It's uh, a little bit of a beekeeper. There Ooh. you go. Mm, there you go, man. They've been called the beekeepers yeah. in the comics. And That's right. You've got someone coming out. I, I don't know if AIM has something more. Last time we saw them in Iron Man 3, they weren't quite yeah. the AIM that we are used to. AIM real quick. That's big. But, uh, How many of those do you have, by the way? Do you have an army of those? No, I didn't army build. This is, I just got I got the one. It's like stormtroopers, though. I have 30. I just have 30 one. 35 30 clone troopers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, to, to me it was uh, the top moments were – outside of the actual sitcom nature and how they pulled that off with such grace. It is the little pieces, the little stingers. And I really like this one because I think the bees are meaningless. I think that is just a, a, a nod towards the concept and idea of what they are in the comics. Aim the aim soldiers, kind of these, these drones, right. That, that run around these scientists in these goofy looking suits. And, yep. and I really think that's what that was about. And so I, I love that. I consider that almost your end credit stinger. It's awesome. Love it. It's awesome. We're keeping in Canada. We're keeping with the leaf, Carlos. Top moment or top moment? Uh, you know what? Probably my favorite little piece was the bedroom scene with the tree knocking against the window and then the two separate beds, and she makes them one. Like, that was perfect. That was ripped right out of one of those shows. And what a trope to, and it was just the reality uh, of that time to integrate into the show. That was super cool. And uh, probably the thing that got me the most hyped was the Strucker watch piece. Mm -hmm. I want one. I hope they put them out, man. (laughs) I hope they put them out because I want the Avengers one from Endgame. But I like the silver popping off that Strucker one. I don't know. It was pretty cool, man. It's a good watch, yeah. What about our guy Zeddy? Ah, man, to to say Elizabeth Olsen uh, was a (laughs) standout for me. I mean, she did shine. In, in the best way possible here, but I'm going to agree with, with my guy Luke Doffenbaugh in the chat here. I thought the Luke, transition to color was pretty was pretty cool. Yeah. How they went from black and white to color to kind of show some mm-hmm. some light at the end of the episode. I thought that was that was pretty cool. So I'm eager to see how they uh how they kind of adapt that moving forward. And yes, hail Hydra, Luke. Absolutely, let's roll. I want to give a shout out. To Luke, because he's a real life Captain America. He is a real life Captain America. Welcome, Luke, yes. and we're having you on shortly, especially yeah, for man. Falcon and Winter Soldier. But we definitely want to have you on to come on. Oh yeah, to talk about some some MCU stuff, Dad. So the ch- so the children are referenced a little bit in the in the two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she asked mm-hmm. her, uh, uh, doesn't Catherine Han? I think ask her if she has a kid, and then the the boss's wife says, "Are you going to have kids? You have no kids." They do the uh, the event the charity event for the kids. So what really struck me knowing again, a little bit of the history of the comics and whatnot was when we see her with the bun in the oven mm-hmm. at the end of it. And then, and then how that moment happens where they do wind up out into the street with the beekeeper, with the aim guy through the sterile cover and then oh, she yeah. rewinds. Mm-hmm. But 
that something there again with the children, with her having a child in her mind, what that could lead to, what it relates to. Top moment for me. I would say for me, wonderfully said, all these top moments are great. For me, it's the dinner table in the first episode because the episode is such a bona fide sitcom at that point. Yeah. Then the dinner table mm -hmm. happens and it almost like takes your breath away. It hits you in the gut. It's this 180 where stop it. Stop it. And then he's choking and she starts freaking out. And it starts with a slow burn of that they don't know the date and you only see Wanda, you don't see vision, how he's reacting. Cause like we said, Wanda has the control here. So she starts freaking out and then all this happens. And I was genuinely like for the first time since Endgame, which has been almost two years, like a year and a half, I was like, something's happening, something's happening. And then just that darkness to it yeah. and the way she has vision save them. And then it goes right back to a sitcom. I was just like, yeah, they really cool. had me for a moment there. They genre switched that to be all of a sudden it's like a thriller for 45 seconds. And you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Save them, et cetera. That's a top moment for me. Cause that hit me in the face. It, mm -hmm. it grabbed me by the throat and goes, you're laughing. You're smiling. Remember what there's is. something deep going on here. And then they grabbed me and we're like, it's going to be dark, but we're going to let you go now yeah. until episode two when the same thing's going to happen. So that's top moment for me. So as Zenick beautifully said earlier, our rating system earlier, we're going to rate these episodes. We're going to wrap up. But before that, any final thoughts, I'm actually going to throw it to Zeddy first. My final thought is, did anybody think that, like a typical MCU movie, how they made like the end credits like 10 minutes long, did anybody think that they were going to slide you in a little uh, a little goodie at the end I'm of each of those episodes? I did. A lot, of, a lot of credits on credits there. I was wondering, they, they were visually stunning both times, yeah. but I was wondering, was there going to be something extra to the credits? I think they just look great, and there's so many, yeah. there's so many people involved in these shows and some people were mad that the Mandalorian got a wave of Emmy nominations. I'm not, I actually think some of these shows are going to start dominating at least oh, yeah. the technical categories. Cause these are mm -hmm. movies. I watched a 22 minute movie. I watched mm -hmm. two short films today. They're so well done. So well made so visually stunning, but I want to throw it to Carlos next. Any final thoughts on the matter? Oh man, bring it, bring it. Just bring, I love that. fire up the next episode. Yeah. Fire it's fire it absolutely mr tim yeah man I, I will bring the perspective actually my wife in on this one for final thoughts because you guys heard me gush about this for the last hour or so she is a, an mcu fan but not a diehard she comes to all the movies with me and she's engaged but not the way that we are she thoroughly enjoyed these two episodes she was engaged she was intrigued she was asking me questions somewhat like a, like my little daughter does through movies. She's like, oh, should I know something about that? Should I know something about this? So trying to bring in that, so, or that, that opinion or that perception from the periphery a little bit. And she was enjoying it enough. And she found it to the point where she was like, I want another episode. Why is there only two episodes? And so I think this is, although maybe not that four quadrants broadly appealing, I think this is going to get there. But it's already bringing in the casual fans and finding them clamoring for episode three. And so I think that there is a testament for how they pulled this together. This is a wonderfully done first two episodes of our first real MCU proper episodic style of storytelling. And this doesn't work in any other format. This doesn't work on the big no. screen. This doesn't work anywhere else. So if they're going to tell a story like this using the platform of Disney plus, 
it excites me what they're going to do next in the MCU, just based off these two episodes and this platform and format. It, I, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. The MCU is back. <laughs> so am I. And I would say what a better show. I'm almost happier. We touched on this way mm-hmm. more at the beginning. I'm almost happier. This kicked off the Disney plus MCU era. Cause it's so different. Mm-hmm. So unique. And even if these first couple don't work for you, it's so intriguing. It's different. I, I, I teased this earlier. It's the most creative thing I've seen in this comic book genre yep. on screen. I know the boldest thing so far, and we're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to say it. No one's going to say it. Tim's smiling. He knows where I'm going. So far, the boldest couple things we've seen is Joker. We've seen what Zack Snyder did where he brought this into a dark, realistic world. I'm not sure. Tra- Stop. <laughs> just Stop. And then but this is bona fide like sitcom that's going to build into something darker. And in the end, I truly think it's going to be a story about loss, about trauma and about mm. moving on. And I think it's going to be beautiful. And what better way to, to kick off 2021 like that with this sort of deep show, as opposed to a spy thriller like Falcon or Winter Soldier. Yeah. No disrespect mm. to that, but dad, final thoughts. My final thought is that I think we're going to, we're going to be sitting here in seven weeks or so. And knowing where with this is going to go. Seven yep. weeks. With these I guys think this seven is, weeks. Yeah, I, man. I think Look this it. is a chance to be um, on it. par for <laughs> one of the greatest things that the Marvel Universe has attempted to do. I really do. Just the way it was done, like you said, and where I think it leads, the payoff, and what this particular series is going to be responsible for going forward. I think we're going to look at this and we're going to say that was something that, like you didn't think Endgame and, and Infinity War could be topped. Once again, my man, Kevin Feige, he's pulling the strings. And, you know, maybe you don't top it in the grandiose way, right, that those were, but you do it in a different way. And but this has in, a shot. In terms of like a writing, a narrative, Writing, a narrative. I'll wait till Spider-Man story. 3, though, when I cry. No. When I see Toby, Andrew, and Tom, I'll like, <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man 3. It's got yeah, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> apparently, you know, Daredevil rep filming today, but nobody knows. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. That later. Yeah, he did, baby. <laughs> you know, we did that. Can we talk about Cap real quick or no? Well, we, hold on. Hold okay, on, okay, hold on, okay. hold on. Whoa, so, getting a little ahead of the game there. Oh, I have a great banner okay, for that. Okay, okay. I, I have a great banner for that. Because you want to rate it? Do that? Let's rate it first. Three. We're going to rate it first. I see All a lot of comments, so we're going to get you in a sec. Yeah. So We're we going to get you guys on way. I'm sure Carlos and Tim don't have anywhere to be because it's MCU, so we got to keep you guys here. Three more minutes. Can you guys Are stick you guys around? okay for a little bit? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. 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 It's Friday of a lockdown. I'm okay. All right. Yeah, right. Friday of a lockdown. Cheers. So, rating. So, we got, as Zeddy beautifully said earlier, our beautiful. So, I didn't make a trash juice banner because I don't think it's happening. So, let's start off with our main guy, Tim, because he's our big MCU oh guy. Tim, give us your rating. I gotta go. Let's go. Go. Don't go. Pray to God, not trash juice. I'm going to bet my life savings that it's not a trash juice. And- I win, Tim. What safe, I safe bet, brother. Safe <laughs> bet. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a uh, I'm gonna give this a let's go. I, I'm not gonna give it the top tier. I'm gonna that's that's gonna come. I would assume, man. We've got some movies that you got to bump this up again. So this is a solid let's go for me. Sound beautiful. I'm gonna go to the other Northman. The other Northman. It's a it's a let's go. Oh, not as strong oh, as. Uh, a- yeah, not as strong as a let's go. 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 I was teetering between these two. <laughs> yeah, no, like where where Tim's let's go is is bumping up against the gotta go. My let's go is bumping up against the go, but it's a let's go just 
by virtue of the promise that it makes and where it's leading. And it was the teases as to the grander story came quickly enough that you can't just saw off these two episodes and say, ah, it's a go watch it if you want to. It's a let's go based on everything that they seeded. So, yeah, man. That and I want to keep my spot on the Nerd Room podcast. So <laughs> if I deviated too far, you gotta please Timmy, you gotta please Timmy. So. I, I'd be like the Ed Norton of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying about we're just gonna forget about that part of it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, as always, the Wanda. Like I said earlier, the Wanda to, to our, our vision. vision. Mr. Zeddy, <laughs> give us your verdict. You guys are unbelievable. I'm gonna give this one a gotta go. This, uh, this, this exceeded my expectations. The MCU is back, baby. I missed that that banner coming up. Let's yeah. roll. Let's get these seven weeks going because then we got Falcon in the Winter Soldier, and let's do it. Let's do it. Gotta I go. It. I love it, sir. You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go because if, if you didn't, if you didn't go, Thanks. let's go. Everybody who's an MCU fan has to got to go with this because you got to be a part of this from the ground up from the beginning, just like you were with Iron Man. This is this is the next phase, if you will, that's going to lead into the next incarnation of, of a lot of beautiful things that are going to happen. A lot of heroes we're going to see on the screen. We might see some people return. Do not miss out on this. Do not miss out on this, please. Yeah. Well, I don't want to change the banner, but Justin Kowalski is also going to kill me for all the ones I made. So I'm a sucker for... Hashtag creativity <laughs> and unique. So it's a gotta go for me just because yeah. it's so different. Uh, probably quality wise, it's a let's go. Um, sort of to echo what everyone else said, but just because it's so different and it was so refreshing. And like our friend of the show, Zach Nicholson said, I, I just couldn't stop grinning at times. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was excited that the MCU is back. Maybe I just. Love Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen like the, yeah. so much. Elizabeth chill, out. chill out. So, so I'm gonna go with the gotta go because it was so great. It was so fun, and I think we're in for a treat with not only this show but with everything the MCU has to offer. It feels different, which it is should, great. Should and I think a lot of us, myself personally, was kind of worried of an MCU moving forward, but I'm not worried at all through 48 minutes of content. So before we get into sort of a a really fun, spicy sort of thing. I got to go back to the hashtag comments because a lot happened really fast when Pete got okay. in here. So let's just run through it. So he says, of course, the Italians talk about food. Of course, Pete. Of course. Uh, we got Chris Evans talk about Ethan Hawke and Moon Knight, which is exciting. Sure. People were talking That's about awesome. Tom Taylor and Ambi. And Andy Kubert's Batman, The Dark Knight, and yeah. the Robin News series, which is going to be great. Zeddy says, or our friend Pete also says, our Zeddy and Gal getting married. I'm on the edge I of wish. the seat. I wish. I wish. Not Luke, after Wonder Woman 84, I don't for think. Some reason, I think she Luke, blames Zeddy for Wonder Woman uh -oh. For some reason, Luke Dolphinboss says Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. I don't know where yeah. that came from. And then, of course... Mr. Pete Vera again says he's going to Chi Town to watch Spider Man 3 with me. Of course, you of course. are. You will be right here with us. 100%. After we have some sh sh uh, Chicago deep dish, after we have some of our sauce, the famous cruise anybody's, sauce. Anybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's, here's what we're going to close on, guys. So some news came out that was 
refuted, and I'm using air quotes, because when would an MCU actor lie about something? We have the return of America's you-know-what. We possibly have the return of America's what. So first and foremost, let's go to Tim. What did you think of this news initially and after Mr. Evans played Coy and not that Chris Evans from Texas, who, like we said, is the better Chris Evans, the second best Chris Evans, sort of refuted it. What are you thinking, man? What what are you thinking? What's going on here? Well, Cap's my dude. Yeah, man. He's my guy in the MCU, especially. Like, I got a great Captain America collection here. I've loved Evans in this role. And the way I found out about this news is Carlos DM'd it to me. And my first two words were, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. Take my money. I put it on Twitter. I put it out there to the world. I don't care what comic loophole you got to use. It doesn't matter to me. You can build this in. You can bring Kier Evans back in any capacity. And I'm there for it. As far as Evans, just, to me, the, he's probably not a lot to talk about it, right? Like, how many times have we seen this, you know, again oh, and every, again and again, where these guys are, are tight-lipped and do not elaborate on what project they're doing next. You know, the Russo brothers said quite a while ago that Evans isn't quite done in the MCU. And I always took that to be some sort of cameo role in Black Widow, right? Setting up and leading into Infinity War in that Secret Avengers style of of trio that they had going with Falcon and, and Black Widow and himself. But I think that the way they left the character, they got to be careful but I think that he can work it in. They don't want to take away from what will inevitably be the the Captain America in Sam Wilson, right? That shield yeah. handoff was a special yes. moment and you so do special. not want to erode any of the importance of that. But like you said before, Daddy Stark, Feige at, at the, at the helm, it to Daddy Stark. <laughs> at the helm, I have all the confidence in the world. And I, I can't, There's there's no part of me that will ever say, I don't want Evans back in this role. So it's, it's whatever. It's a gotta go for me. <laughs> You're literally so perfect with that. You're right. I want to hear from Carlos though. I want to hear from Carlos. Hey man. Uh, you know, in Feige, I trust like any other franchise, you'd have, there'd be some skepticism with this, but it's like, mm-hmm. Having too much fun. I can see no in love, or I can see it working perfectly as him being kind of old man cap and the mentor to Anthony Mackie. Um, I kind of hope it's that because A over E for me, Anthony Mackie over Evans coming back. You know what? That was that was for Pete, like exclusively. Pete Vera, that's for you, man. <laughs> I, I almost think we have to end the podcast there, guys. <laughs> oh my god! I think we're losing. I think, hold on. Wait, I think we gotta up. go. Hold on. Wait. No. Someone's gonna. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. That was that, oh, that was the quote. Oh. You know, that was the quote of the podcast. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Oh, comments oh. are flooding in now. Uh, comments are oh, flooding. look what you uh, did. We, we, we got a lot of praise for that one. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So you're uh, Carlos, you are it's it's a big thumbs up for you, right? I mean Oh, absolutely, man. Like yeah. you, you know that they're not gonna fumble the ball, they'll do it beautifully. I like the more I think about it, 
I would kind of dig him coming in as old man cap and being like a mentor for a very short period of time. Yep. yep. The Anthony Mackey's Sam Wilson, Captain America, but then taking on the role. And if he's going to replace anybody, I want him to be the new shield head. That would be That's cool. it. That okay. would be cool. That's and it. we are. Yes. Yeah. And Tim's insane. Right. And you sort of said dad, you had a tweet that sort of been like, is he the new fury? And well, here, I, let me, we'll go to Nick next. Let me just go real quick. Cause my 80, okay. cause I, I got Same, all these, where I get it from. So. I got all these theories. <laughs> in my head. So number one, they, they kind of showed some concept art today of, of Sam as Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Like a toy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back as Captain America. I think what he's coming back in my mind, at least is what I want to see exactly what you guys just said. He doesn't even have to wear the cowl. Just be Mr. Chris Evans with your nice hair slicked back, a little bit older, and he could be the mentor. He could be the facilitator of the team. He could send them out. He could go out with them. He could strategize. He could be better than what Nick Fury was. Yes. A more hands-on but a leader mentor type to Spider-Man to everybody. And it works so well with him because I've all I'm gonna make the argument that he's more important to the MCU than Tony Stark is, than Iron Man is. He is the one singular guy that past to present to future to me guides everything and just what he stands for, the epitome of who he is, right? Mm-hmm. He's always been pure. He's he's the guy that we all strive to be. So I love the idea of this. I do not want them to bring him back as a villain. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yep. I hope that, that is not the case. I, I know they, they're talking about maybe doing it. It would be kind of cool. Politically, they say Chris might get a kick out of doing that. If he does it, I'm still going to be on board with it. But that's not personally what I want to see. The other thing real quick, I just last thing is, would I love a series of him returning the stones? Oh my God. <laughs> because the Red Skull. Because yeah. the Red Skull. I don't know if you guys listened to my last podcast. To see that. I want the Red Skull back yeah. in yeah. in the Marvel present day universe. And if, if it's Sam and him battling him and Bucky, that's what I want to see. Yeah. He's, my, he's one of my favorite villains of all time in the comic book. So you could see I'm all over the board with it, but there's so many ways they could go with this in a positive way and it could still pay homage to the beautiful ending that we got in Endgame because that's a wonderful beautiful thing for that movie to end the way it did is perfection with cap mm-hmm. so, yeah man you well you hit the nail on the head i think the most important role that captain america has is being the moral compass that everybody go. else lines themselves right. against right so, and he, like i say he can go out on the mission sometimes in battle and other times he could just be the strategic guy up in the air or at a base kind of leading them or telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mr. Z? Oh man, this one caught me by surprise completely. Uh, I mean, my God, I mean, Cap's my guy. I mean, I get so emotional with this guy. This, this character has just made me feel a certain type of way. Every time he's been on screen, uh, I'm like Luke I'm on it because while I take any Captain America that I can get, uh, this was, like we said, we had that beautiful ending in Endgame, right? We were yep. ready to say goodbye with him. We we were satisfied with what we got, but they left it open for more. And it's almost like Feige strategically did that for a reason. Um, but I'm almost wondering if this is because they don't have a key figure in the MCU right now. I'm like, with you, Nick. I, I was thinking this today. 
finish your thought though. I was yeah because but I mean here here's my thing too is it feels like anybody and it's just being bought back right. I mean we're on such a big comic book high right now. Affleck's coming back. Keaton's coming back. I'm more along along the lines in the Affleck camp with this one though, where it's he must have got pitched such a really good cameo or story that he just couldn't say no to. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think that he's going to suit up, because I think the rightful thing to do is to let Sam take over. Yeah, 100%. But I've kind of had like this working theory in my head that it's probably not going to happen. But it's like, what better way to have Sam kind of really feel comfortable with taking the shield mm-hmm. and to have Steve himself kind of really say, it's okay. You're the rightful guy, man. You know, it's it's like, it's like Grayson. It's like, you, you know, it's like you get you pair anybody with Grayson if you, if you want to make them better. So I think Steve Grayson. I th- I there you go. Um, I think Steve as a mentor in the MCU. I do too, man. Is the is the right move? I don't think we saw enough of it. And again, I my expectations are tempered, but much like we've kind of said all podcasts and Feige, we trust. And I just hope that this isn't a cash grab. But I feel I, like Evans I, Evans wouldn't Evans wouldn't do that to the character. So how about you guys? I think I think the MCU is at such a place now, and Feige is willing to take these risks with all these with all these projects he's doing going forward. They're all very different, and sort of with some of these projects being episodic TV, there's just all these different varieties of storytelling that they can use. For me personally, I actually really like the move. I I tweeted on one hand, I love it because just like Tim said, he's my favorite person in the MCU. He has my favorite arc. I think arguably he has the best arc in the MCU Mm -hmm. with Tony's being right there with him. Tony's ending sort of had to end the way it had to caps is an ending that I think gets to live on just the way they Mm -hmm. do things, the way their obsessions Mm -hmm. were different. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I said, wow, his ending with Peggy was so perfect. But what Endgame did that I talked about in the last pod that really wasn't explored and I'm not, blaming the Russos, but I think the way they tried to explain the time travel thing was very different. What, what Endgame actually did was create all these other timelines. So to have this version of Steve that gets to travel and be sort of the mentor or the fury or the moral compass or sort of the messenger between worlds makes sense. Cause I do see one version of Steve staying with Peggy. I yeah. see another version of Steve saying, I have to make sure every universe, every reality is yeah. attacked. Of course. Because that's what he is, right? Right. So I love the fact that if one of the two are going to come back, it's Steve, because a version of him, I think, has to sort of do that. And I want to echo what Zenix said and take it a step further. I don't want to get in anything too touchy, but I definitely think, and I can't predict, because the Russos did say Cap's journey in the MCU mm-hmm. isn't done yet. I do think in a really unfortunate and yet it led to a beautiful thing is I think the loss of Bozeman. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because he was going to be the guy. It was going to be him and Larson, right? And with the loss of him, as much as I love Cumberbatch in the role, the character of Stephen Strange I don't think is necessarily a lever. No. A, a, leader, A a leader. And Tom Holland is still young. So that version of Spidey is still really young. And they don't control it either, right? Yes. And with the ownership of him going forward is super uncertain with Sony. But what about Sam? Sam could be that leader. Sam could be it. But I also think having sort of Steve in the background is really important to her, the overarching umbrella thing as well. 
Yeah. So that's that's sort of what I think on that topic. I know Tim, you're agreeing I, with me. I couldn't agree with you more, man. This is exactly the first thing that came to my mind when they're talking about bringing someone of his stature back is that Bozeman was meant to be that Captain America, right? Yeah. To, to build and, and really form this universe around and have him, like Carlos said, be that moral compass that does guide the Avengers eventually and the MCU whole, more holistically through the, the you know the, the gross narrative that they're going to string out in front of us over the next five years or so. Yep. With the absence of that character and that actor, you lose a bit of that that prowess that that and almost that leadership that's already been pre-established and baked into what we've seen in the past and bringing someone like Evans back in a role where he does play kind of the Nick Fury seems to be the most logical because if you start stepping all over the Falcon storyline, it, it's just going to take away so much from that character and what they did at the end. Like that shield handing off was an important moment, right? right. Such an important moment. And, and I think what they're going to do in Falcon and the Winter Soldier they're going to play into and provide some commentary around a lot of the social unrest that we've seen over the last couple of years. Right. And this is going to be very important that, that that is maintained and you don't lose that just because you want to bring Evans back in the role. That's right. The, the only other thought I had was we got this little thing hanging over us in the next, in the not too distant future. And that's a secret invasion. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a way to bring back that character and kind of a, Hey, wink, we brought him back in the same fashion that we saw him in dark world, right? Yep. Where Loki plays him and, and you have Evans doing that cameo role. And so I don't think it's likely, but it is. And they do have precedence for that in earth's mightiest heroes, the cartoon, which is, yeah. Oh God. Phenomenal. It's a fantastic TV show. Yeah. Uh, cartoon. Do all show on that. So a lot of great thoughts tonight. Wonderfully said it was yeah, so cool. Talk about the MCU and, and and WandaVision was good enough, but then the extra cap stuff at the end has been mm. has been so cool here. I just want to get at some comments real quick to sort of bring us in the end here because some 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 stuff happened again. Some great thoughts. So we got from Mr. Pete Illustrated. He said, How about Red Skull and Trump versus Captain America? Then we got <laughs> then we got the Chris Evans, our Chris Evans, with this one gets me too excited. But Red Skull, Trucker, and Zemo for Steve, Bucky, and Sam. And, ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's that's some good stuff here. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Yep. Thank everyone for commenting. It's having been so much fun. So as I've played a couple of times, I play this every couple show. It's closing time. So I want to give Tim and Carlos a chance to plug themselves. Yep. Tell us what you're all, all about. I know a show just dropped recently. Plug that. Tell us what you got coming. Do it all. I'll start with Carlos. Oh, no, he's frozen. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is he frozen? Tim? I have to start with Tim. Tim, Tim plug away, buddy. Oh, good. I'll, I'll grab both of us here. Yeah, you can uh, you can find everything that we do over at thenerdroom.net. Uh, we are the Nerd Room Podcast, myself, Carlos, and but our other two. You can find me. What? There he is. No, you can find the four of us, of course, every single Thursday in the Nerd Room. We're talking everything that stars Marvel, DC, and beyond, collecting comics, film, whatever you want. We just dropped our 21, 2021 most anticipated episode where we run down. 21 what we got in front of us what we're looking forward to we got a one room review a few episodes back as well as our 2020 look back so you can find uh, us on twitter we'll be roaming around just to look for the vigilante guys and we're not too far behind 
And uh, we really appreciate you guys having us on here. This has been an absolute riot. You guys are, are, are truly masters at the craft year of podcasting and it's been an absolute pleasure getting the first words of the MCU back on the mic here, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I want to throw it to Carlos because he froze a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Carlos, plug away, man. Anything you want, Carlos. <laughs> oh, I think, <laughs> I think Tim said it beautifully. Yeah, you can find us kind of throwing around all these similar topics on the Nerd Room podcast. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Canadian Cape Crusader, always interacting with these boys. And uh, yeah, and I want to thank you for, like I said, allowing me to get, get Tim out here and just release that pressure a little bit. Go, release man. that pressure. Hey. It's, it's right. like... It's like my wife's Instapot. You can't let that thing cook and just open it because you're going to have a big mess and blow up all over the place. So, you know, the vigilante boy is helping me out here by uh, that valve. Exactly. We, we can get ready. A big thank you to you yeah. guys because last month you had us on your show, which is awesome. It was so great. You run that thing so well. And your community of fans is awesome. The yeah. fans were so great. A lot of people. They all followed us. us. They all gave right? us some yeah. feedback. So the least we could do would have you yeah. on to bring awesome perspectives, which you both have. You guys are legends. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And if we're ever in Canada, you bet your sweet selves. You too. Yeah, but if they ever want to come this Emma way Davis. too, you're not that far. So. Exactly. You know, exactly. We're in the we Midwest. We got to have like Chicago. our own, you know, I, my dream is that, you know, when this is our all over, convention. maybe we just have like a big convention, you know, somewhere in, in our basement. We get all 20, 25 <laughs> of us, 30 people. We just kind of gather and. Just yeah, man. Stuff. Chai, Chai City is not that far from us. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We could meet, you know, we could meet somewhere else. But I, I think that uh, that's something. Life is short, and uh, these are these are fun times here. So, yeah, hey, so we got an RV now that the nerd room can travel. Yeah, takes on Chicago. Just, yeah. just gotta wait for that border to open. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the road show. Welcome to the nerd RV. There you go. Man. <laughs> just just vlog on on your on your way to on your way over here. <laughs> man, we got we got celebration twenty twenty two coming up. I got already got tickets that were a holdover from uh, this year or last year's. So uh, there's 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 one there. That's huge. You're coming. You're coming. I love it. I want to throw it to Zeddy. Plug whatever you can. We're on the vigilante, so plug whatever you want. But I got something for you, real quick. Uh, hashtag. Zeddy Vision Rock. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, my Twitter handle's been here the whole time, but in case you haven't seen it, uh, it's PapaZ underscore 95. Go give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, you can catch all my reviews, uh, film and TV reviews at letsgopodcast.com. Uh, please go follow our show at Vigilante1939 on Twitter and Apple Podcasts as well. And any ratings and reviews that you guys can, can leave, please consider leaving one. There might be a special prize pack. If you do, and it, do, it does really help our show. So please consider doing it. I want to thank everybody in the chat for participating. Thank you guys all so much. I love reading all the comments. Uh, to Tim and Carlos, you guys were fantastic as well. Uh, lastly, I guess I can say is I think we might have had the winter soldier of podcast tonight, guys. So oh, yeah. there you go. Make every guys so much. better. Yeah. Oh, I, I know we already told you to this in a private chat and we sort of tweeted a bit we tweeted about it but this is our first live stream us three yeah it's oh, awesome yeah so yeah. it is episode 65 right Five. 65 but it's our first live stream ever and what a perfect first two guests that you two were thank you guys so much uh dad do you have anything to plug real quick just our podcast you know uh, i our appreciate sauce? no 
Our sauce, yeah, I'll plug our sauce. No, I, I just again thanks to everybody that listens on, and uh, again, it's it's a pleasure to be able to share our thoughts and all of us to communicate together. On and you know what, I love the two things we did with you guys is awesome because it's been so positive and it's been so fun with the Mandalorian and this, and that's my new uh, my new motto going forward in twenty twenty one. Man, I'm I'm all about positivity, man. Yeah, I'm, tired, I'm tired of the dark side, so. We have you two on for the Snyder Cut. Well, <laughs> we, we can test. We'll see. We're gonna, no, I, I want to do that now. Let's get Tim's perspective on that. Uh, Maybe not. You might be opening a can of worms with that. Zaddy, we got the Zaddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. But uh, uh, just to plug a few things, of course, uh, follow us at the Vigilante 1939. Leave, rate, and review on Apple. It's so helpful. And if you do it, I'll read it in. That comes later in my famous Bane voice that I do every now and then. And then you is can it really that famous though, or no? To our community, it's famous. Um, one thing I want to say too is I just did a review, uh, Tom King's Vision that went up on the Let's Go Comic Show, uh, which was my comic debut, which was really cool. I usually just do film and TV writing, but that story was so good, and I've been thinking about it forever. And Justin Kowalski yeah. said, hey, in Hype for WandaVision, why don't you throw up that review? I will also be doing written reviews of WandaVision as well. The first two apps. So stay tuned for those. Maybe Sunday or Monday that those should drop. And just thank you all for joining us. Zenek and I also do a film podcast for the Let's Go podcast. Now we're called Let's Go Marquee. Our Let's Go Awards will be coming where we award our top film of the year, actor, actress, director, screenplay, etc. We had some fun with that. And we will also be reviewing Promising Young Woman, One Night in Miami as well. And then Emmett Davis and I, who's another man from the North, have a show called Let's Go Gamers where we talk about all video game goodies, etc., etc. So I just wanted to show – I just wanted to throw up this real the quick. Pete Vera, Pete Vera still in there. I want you guys to all follow the <laughs> at Pete Vera. <laughs> it's not real. action figure review. I'm, it's, it's like – It's stellar. Oh, I will say this, and Tim might not like this. Tim might not like this. I apologize. Go follow the – the coalition of Italians for a proper Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the best. Yeah. Follow that account. It's legendary. It's two hours. I'm sorry, Peter. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> but everyone, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you guys. Our first live stream. It was legendary. The MCU is back. Chris Evans might be back. It's a great time to be a Marvel fan. And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The exactly. gold standard, and it's going to stay that way going forward. It's different. It's bold. It's new. So for Zeddy, for Pops, for Carlos, for Tim, everybody, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.